Welcome to The Kindness Project, the podcast designed to share stories of kindness and share how kindness can make positive change in our world, one small act at a time. In this week's episode of The Kindness Project, we talk about reviews, charity, and we have part one of our interview with Jane Flinnerty from Solar. Hello one and all, and welcome to another episode of The Kindness Project. I'm joined by a man who popped off quickly to get his coffee. And a man who sat and indulged me in my conversation about diets <laughs> while he did. <didn't. laughs> Do you want nothing to say, Dad? Well, you look hey, at I, thought, I thought I was surplus to requirements now on the podcast because I came back from getting my coffee and a quick trip to the loo. Um, uh, and you guys said, oh, we've recorded it now. We were joshing. We were joshing. Three o'clock is recording time and we're eight minutes late. <laughs> okay, so point in you two, if you think you've got this well, right, for some reason, we're always we're always available on time, and you're always running late. Because I've got stuff to do, Russ. Stuffing a puppet to the loo is not stuff to do. Popping to the loo is stuff to do, isn't it? You could have waited. That's exactly what popping to the loo that, is. That could have made for a good podcast with you grinching. Trying <laughs> not to wet yourself. Well, exactly, exactly. You don't want a man who's desperate for a wee recording a podcast. Definitely not. <laughs> and as Charlotte knows, when I'm desperate for a wee, I'm not a good company, am I, Charlotte? No, no. It, and he will just leave you to go to the loo. He'll just oh, ditch you somewhere. What do you mean? <laughs> well, you can't not do that, to be honest. Huh? <laughs> You can't not do that, can you? Oh, you've got to. When you've got to go, you've got yeah, to go. Yeah, when you got to go, when you got to go. Russ, he left me a good five minutes up the road and ran. We were walking in Glasgow and I was like, I've got to go! <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do it around the back of some of these houses. It's fine, it's fine. I'm going to do it back, back here. And I'm like, no, no, you can't. He's like, I'm going to run to the nearest hotel. And he's sprinting off, left me on the on a bridge on my own. Oh, um, don't hold that. It sounds desperate. <laughs> leaving you on a bridge on your own. Oh, yeah. Oh, he left. Oh, he left me on the bridge. Well, she her in the face when she was little. Now you're leaving the <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I missed that. What did I do? Well, she elbowed her in the face when she was little. Now you're leaving her on bridges. No, accidents happen, don't they? He had, unfortunately, you raised me with the specialty of telling tales. I know. I know. You, you can't keep anything to yourself, you two, can you? No, not you really. Say that, can I share a little story from this morning I had? Yeah. Um, I went to the, uh, I'm in the office now, clearly, <laughs> uh, as you guys can see, better podcast listeners can't, which is unusual on a Friday, but uh, needs must and all that. We're incredibly busy, which is all good. Um, but this morning I did my class, bit jumping around, few tuck jumps, few star jumps lot of dancing and and just a general uh, high-intensity workout, which was good fun. And my mate Lewis goes to the class, and I met Lewis from Jim, uh, and we were talking one day, and I told him about the podcast. And um, he said to me uh, this morning, actually, I've started, like, I'm really sort of into your podcast, and I'm really enjoying them. I was like, great, what, what, like, so what ones did you listen to? He said, well, I started at number one, and I'm on number episode 30 now. I was like, okay, great. So you started from the start. He went, yeah, I love it. 
Um, every I, I used to suffer a little bit from insomnia, but I go to bed, put one of your podcasts on, and suddenly I'm immediately asleep. I'll give you a play, but don't put that as a Google review. Talking of reviews, we've had a review on the book. I've just Have shared we? it in the Kindness Project group. Have we? Let me let me read that. You know what? We um uh we we don't you know what we don't do and we've never done um is ask for reviews enough. So let me I mean you say never done. When we started we asked for reviews. That's the then... podcast, it's not in the book. Oh yeah, yeah. Um so what I what I think I need to do is email everybody, right? Remind me to do this next week. Email yeah. everybody who's listened to it and just like everybody who attended the book launch or anything like that. Um uh and if they enjoy because I'm I get loads and loads of emails and text messages and did stuff ask, like that saying how good the book is, but I just I just never ever ask people to did listen. Ask for reviews at the book launch. Huh? You did ask for reviews at the book launch. I'll, 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 I, think, I think we'll send up a follow-up email on that, right, to get people to do it. But um, You know what uh, might incentivize well, people to review on the podcast? Yeah, so if you're listening to the podcast, um, uh, can I ask you, where would people leave a review for the podcast, Raz? Apple iTunes, Spotify... Or Amazon Music. Is so there any way we can look at those reviews? So you can leave yeah. uh, reviews in any of those places. I know we've got an amazingly good um, audience, uh, but we would love some reviews and some positive feedback that what we're doing you're enjoying, or some uh, some constructive feedback that allows us to improve. Any feedback is good. Um, thank you so much for uh, my mate Lewis, who said the podcast sends him asleep. And, um, That's not always necessarily a bad thing. I listen to podcasts while I go to sleep. Do you? Um, Sorry, because... I used to, but I don't like factual podcasts. And so sometimes I would just wake up to really scary sounds. Like one time... Ross has phoned you up? Or... <laughs> no. Gravy. <laughs> <laughs> one one time uh, I was listening to a podcast make, Stop making weird phone calls I'd rather tell both of you to stop using me as a ma- medium to make fun of each other Can you yeah. tell Charlotte One time they got restraining order for that and now I'm having <laughs> it down Can you leave me back on yes. Charlotte, can you tell Russ not to mention the restraining order again We're meant to be a podcast on kindness <laughs> Russ, do what you like, mate. You're a free agent. <laughs> Charlotte. Okay, then. I want to just take a minute, though, to remember Paul O'Grady and how kind he was to animals. Uh, yeah, a good, good yeah. shout, actually, Russ. So, Paul O'Grady, <laughs> if you're uh, one of our international listeners, you might not know who Paul O'Grady is. Um, how would you better explain him, Russ? Uh, Formerly Lily Savage, uh, done loads of work for Battersea Dogs Home and raising awareness on having rescue dogs rather than than buying them off puppy farms or 
So he did loads of charity work for dogs. Yeah, loads. Really, um, yeah, was a real advocate for, for looking after animals. Owned a farm somewhere. Didn't yeah, he? yeah, he owned a farm and he had uh, seven dogs from Battersea himself. But, and then he'd done the show, didn't he? For the love of dogs. The love of dogs, yeah, which was very sweet. I love, you know, even though I'm probably out of all three of us, I'm the person who's got the. No, I actually do love dogs. I love yeah. my dog. I'm not a dog. He's my dog. I don't know what you're talking cat. about. Kenny wanted a dog, but I, w- I would have stuck to cats myself. Mm. Um, but yeah, so um, Lily Savage, Paul O'Grady, decent human being all round, uh, passed away way too young, 67. Uh, is uh, yeah, so yeah, you should have um, should have been around for a lot longer. Uh, back to this review on the... I uh, can't book. find any. Um, uh, Vitaligious said, loved this book. Good start, isn't it? Uh, it's very well written, easy to read. It's definitely one of those books that makes you a better person. How about that for a review? Not bad, is it? It's a good review. I see it this morning, and I thought to myself, I'll take a screenshot of that and I'll share it. And then I forgot to share it. Yeah, mm. no, th- thank you for sharing it, Russ. And uh, certainly it's one that I'm glad you highlighted. Now, we are under a bit of a short time frame today because you've got to get a bus. I got, I got to go. I got to go. When you've got to go, what have you got to do? But the thing is, if I don't get this bus, I lose my money, and that's that's more of a problem than you oh, having a bit no of a bad what? tummy. Well, talking about that, you know, I've got to go in for my big ear op next week. Yep. Yeah. We didn't see the consultant yesterday, and he's told me what they're going to do. Basically, give me a robot ear or something like that. They're going to—they're just going to chop it off and give me a new one. Okay, Terminator, continue. Um, uh, I'll be like the—I'll be like the ear Robotnik. What? That's a robot Yeah, exactly, exactly. I'm—I'm I'm hoping for a like a gadget. I want a gadget ear. I want like—I want to be do 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 do. Inspector Gadget. Thank you, Russ. What happened there? I'm cultured. Have a little aerial that pops out, and you can listen to the radio. Go, gadget, go! That came off on quiz night the other day. Inspector Gadget. Did it? That's good. Yeah. Um, uh, so yeah. Um, so I've got to go in for me major era up, and I'll probably look like this is the reason we're recording quite a lot of podcasts in a row at the moment because we need to make sure that if my recovery t- if I like, I don't know if I they chop me head off by accident we we, we can only we can get some, some in the bag. Um uh, I major error up when he was a colonel. <laughs> Sorry? Lovely. Imagine they get the ears bundled up. They did. I went I went to see the nurse. <laughs> right? I went to see the nurse. But like all the tests went in, like you know they've got to do a blood test and yeah, test and all up, yeah. And um, uh, I said to her, uh, uh, okay, so what, what do you need to check? She went, right, we are operating on your left ear, aren't we? I went, no. 
<laughs> Alexi is the one that works. She went, oh, uh, I've got bilateral meaning on here, meaning both ears. I went, no, no. As I said, don't operate on both ears. She went, oh, I better check the consultant. But it's not a consultant yesterday. He's definitely operating on the on the right ear. <laughs> on right, the right ear. On the right ear, which is the right ear. So, but what they said to me, I went into the consultant who hopefully is the one that knows what he's doing as he's doing the operation. Um, and he, um, uh, I'm meant to be going to Jersey to see our cousin Louise for us. Yeah, you Ain't been thinking it the other days. Ain't happening mm. because I can't fly. Can't take a boat. Mm. I could, but yeah, I might, I might, I might have a look. But tickets are booked. I've said to um, Tennessee and Sophie uh, that they should go and and just leave me on my own. Well, yeah. I wouldn't have done the same thing personally. Just left you to it. On the bridge, on my own. Well, you ran off there to weave us. That's right. Perfect. <laughs> Let's move on to kindness now. That, that's what sibling bonds are. That's what it is. Kindness, <laughs> <laughs> Blue. Kindness, Blue. Go on in, Charlotte. Ah, yes. Tabs, tabs, tabs. Oi, oi, oi. Tabs, tabs. <laughs> tabs, tabs, tabs. So I've, um, so Russell sent me, uh, the notes for this week's, uh, podcast on my work email. But, uh, I always have three, at the moment, I've always got three different accounts open. And one's my personal, one's my work. Tabs, tabs, tabs. Right, I will work. start with the second article because this is. Sorry, can you do the jingle again? Indian Uber edition. In Indian Uber edition. Do you want to do the accent, Russ? No. Oh. No. 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 Can you ask Russell to just very quickly do the accent for me? Oh, no. Russell, Russell, please don't do the accent. We might get cancelled. Oh, I'm not going to do the accent. Um, no, Russell's, Russell's uncancellable. He's, he's just got one of those faces. He's, he's an uncancellable. He, people don't know what Russell looks like because there's no pictures of him on the podcast. No, there's not. No, there's not. Uh, let me tell you this story. Uber un- unselfish kindness. Uber driver donates a kidney to a man he met during a ride. Uh, the Uber driver turned out to be a successful donor match and donated the man a kidney. Can you imagine in today's time and uh, time being so kind as to donate a kidney to a stranger whom you've just met? Uh, in our woman's story, this will restore your faith in humanity. A 73-year-old man was given a second chance at life, and his unlikely saviour turned out to be an Uber driver in the USA in New Jersey. So this isn't in the India, it's from an Indian publication, but the story is from New Jersey. Um, Bill Sumail was driving an Uber on his way to a dialysis centre, and his driver, Tim Letts, the uh, 
and his driver was Tim Letts, the former US Army veteran. They struck up a conversation about health problems that Sumiel was having. Sumiel suffered from kidney failure after developing diabetes 20 to 30 years earlier. After, according to a local press source, his physicians advised him to actively hunt for a kidney rather than wait as he needed a transplant. Transplant. He'd already been on the transplant list for three and a half years. By the end of the car ride, Let's told him that God put him in the car that day and offered the Uber driver offered him a kidney. Astonishingly, astonishingly, they ended up being a match and Sumiel underwent successful surgery. The post says that it's been a year and Sumiel is currently rehabilitating in the University of Delaware's renal rehab centre. Let's lives in Germany now, but Sumiel says he stays in touch with his forever friend who saved his life. I love that story. Mm. I love that story. I I am a big advocate of um, donors. I'm a big advocate. I I I was a bit gutted this week because I went for my normal trip to uh, be a bit cheeky to nurses and eat a lot of biscuits. Um, oh, and, and give a bit of blood. And um, they uh, they said no. They didn't want my blood. Because you have a surgery next week. I know, because I might need it, they said. And I, you know what was funny, Charlotte? I said, I said, well, I thought blood was replaced in your body quite quickly. Um, and they said, well, it is, but some of it isn't. I was like, okay. So why don't you just take the blood that you... We've uh, had this conversation because they would need a centrifuge and then they would have to pump it back into the body. Exactly, just... Take it out, take what you need, and pump the bit that I need back Centrifuge in. Centrifuge isn't small scale equipment, okay? I know. Uh, they said it's actually quite expensive and long, long, uh, long winding process. So they decided not to. Would you like to share the next? Yes, I've got it. Funniness. Lisbon mum with autistic son encourages public kindness and patience. The young of the mum of a young man with an autism diagnosis says greater work has to go into making services more accessible for people with living as a typo for people living with autism and their families. Anne Hay- Hayward's son Ben is 23 and she volunteers with Autism NI to support the other parents of young people living with autism. She spoke to Belfast Live as part of Autism NI's Be Kind to Different Minds campaign this World Autism Week with about 35,000 autistic people living in Northern Ireland. Ben was diagnosed at two years and six months with autism. He has severe, he was very severe. He had very low IQ as well as uh, attending a special school. He now actually is in tech in Lisbon doing their foundational learning course and he's come on very well and it's probably because of the early intervention he received. Anne said she had found great solace in interacting with other parents who have been through similar experiences. I actually went to the Autism NI support group when Ben was diagnosed because that many years ago, there was hardly anything for parents. I joined the support group and the parents have been brilliant. We met once a month and they have speakers and you just meet for tea or coffee and get to chat with parents who have been through the same experiences. Growing up, it was difficult to find the right spaces and places to take Ben, and Anne says that is something that that has changed for the better. However, she said that more could be done to help parents and those living with autism, as she said part of the reason Ben was able to develop so well was because he had an early diagnosis and intervention. 
I love that. I lo absolutely love that. Thank you for sharing that, Charlotte. And we're going to move on to part one of our interview with James Finnerty from Solar. Solar does loads of great work making sure that the advice that older people receive about their money uh, is uh, top notch and gives guidance and help to find the right advice. And that's listen to the first part of the interview. Okay, no worries. <clears throat> Hi there. Hi Jane, how are you? Alright, you're just gonna use a photo of you. <laughs> it's just now you know why? I'm um disconcerting because I suddenly thought he's not moving. <laughs> I am I am here. I know you are. The, uh but the um my laptop camera's playing up, so my video's going from my phone. I understand, um, yeah. The audio's been recorded that. from the laptop. It's on its last legs, is that laptop, but I'm sort of reticent as long as I can do everything I need to on it yeah. to replace it immediately, but I've, I'll have to at some point. Right, let me get your questions up. How are you getting on? How's 2023 started for you? I've got Zoom and everything fatigue. I, I just, lots of people have been ill and I've not. So I've been covering on all sorts of things, which right. freaks me out slightly because you can just about manage your own, can't you? And then you think, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then when everybody else gives you uh, gives you work, it's all, all yeah, a bit, it's all like, a bit much, just, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, can you just go to this conference? Uh, no, maybe you need to do. Yes, I've been doing a bit of travelling, but I'm, I'm fine. You know, compared to in the world, I'm fine. Yeah, no, no, yeah, relatively, it's, um, it, it, as you say, relatively, it's always worth sort of looking at where you are in the, you know, in, in terms of what to be grateful for. So, yeah, oh, it's certainly worth doing that. Yeah. Right, let's start with you because I know you've only got half an hour. Yeah, well, I've, I've, I've told them I'm not going on till 11.40, so I've said, oh, look, okay. sorry. Yeah, so we can, you know, we might get through it, so I should think so. All right. Well, then let's um, let's start so that we can get as much good stuff in there as possible. Um, right. So you recording already? Yeah, we're good to go, mate. Thank Hi. you, mate. Appreciate Bye. that. Um, Jane, welcome to the Kindness Project. Thanks for coming on as a guest. Thank you very much. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, and you mentioned just before uh, our interview started that you're doing a decent amount of travelling at the minute. Where have you been? Oh, I've been um, up to Glasgow, okay. uh, round to Yorkshire, uh, across Lancashire. <laughs> it's just the old coming back. So, uh, yeah, it's yeah. been nice. It's been and nice how do you get about? Do you fly or do you get the train? No, or drive? no, no. Mostly train and sometimes drive. I'm fully electric, but it does have a problem north of Sheffield. <laughs> well, I think it, it's interesting because I'm fully electric yeah. too, and I'm I'm off to Bristol for the weekend, right. for a spa break with my wife. Right. Um, and getting over there is from from where we are is absolutely fine. Yeah. Um, but we need to charge when we're there. Um, and it's finding the charging point, and you know, I, I, I love, I love being fully electric. And for ninety nine 
0.9% of the journeys we do, it's amazing. Um, but the long ones can be a bit of a bite, can't they? Yeah, and most hotels are being quite good now. They've got charging points. So you'd be surprised. You might you might be lucky at the other end. I think, I think we're okay, actually. So, as I say, thank you for coming on the podcast. Tell us a little bit about you. Well, you know, I've, I've, I've been sort of working alongside older people for a very, very long time. Um, it's almost 40 years since I graduated. So I am now one of the older people that I've worked <laughs> alongside. Um, so I was thinking about that and shock, shock, horror. You know, you, you, you age, don't you? And then suddenly you are one of those older clients. Um, so I, I think I think really and truly I've, I've always found... Um, money and the way people view money and use money um, quite interesting um, how people can really mess up as they get older by not making you know sensible choices throughout the sort of the, the, the middle of their life yeah. and um, you know and, and it gets harder the older you get to, to put those things right and I've also you know I'm, I'm quite fascinated with with people's perception of risk of, of, of what might happen um, rather than concentrating on what really does happen, which is you do get older and you do eventually retire. And I think it's quite interesting that as we've all, you know, we're all working for longer. Well, a lot of us are. Um, I, 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 think, I think people are not always that accepting of what they need to do as they get older with regards to sort of um, planning for their future. Because, having having know, an open and honest conversation about yeah, the risks they need to take. Yeah, yeah. 60, you might still have 35 years to go. It's a long time. So, yeah, um, you know, that's, that's quite important. I So, so I've, I've, I've had two things happen in my life. And as you know, I work with a decent number of clients who are sort of in their late 50s yeah. all the way through to sort of mid-80s, typically around our, our clients. And one of the interesting things, so I've had two experiences, um, but actually a few more, but two I'll tell you about. Number one is a client who we are, who's 58 and probably he'd say himself, uh, hadn't done any more uh, uh, enough planning to make sure he achieved financial independence and he's panicking a bit, bless him. Yeah. So he's in a... But you know, you know what we've found is there's a really, um, there's a really um, big, you know, underground market that we don't see as professionals, but some of our older clients see um, of um, scamming older people, oh, um, and and the the susceptibility of people who have got fear about their financial futures get scammed is huge, isn't it? Yes. Um, um, and then I suppose the other one, and I want to talk about scams and hopefully share some advice between you and I to help people avoid those, those scams. Um, but also number two is um, I, I'm writing a book at the minute. I'm writing my third book. So uh, I wrote recently published the Kindness Project book, which is um, my about the podcast and the amazing people we've interviewed. The next one I'm writing is called What Happens Next? and it's about helping people transition from where they are um to where they where 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 they get to money being a part of that but also clearly the other factors that you need to consider like health and keeping intellectually engaged and yeah. all of all of that sort of stuff and i'm interviewing all my clients to see what insight they've got on the particular subject mm -hmm. um 
And uh, most of them have said to me two things. Number one, inside, I don't feel like I'm yeah, 60. I yeah. Um, I still feel like I'm 30. Um, but also, it sort of crept up on me. Has your experience with that, like, personally, but also with the clients that you get to talk to? Yeah, it, it does it does creep up. I'm 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 quite realistic, um, and I and I do sort of I, I'm very boring in some ways. I do segment my life and think, oh, I'm in that phase now, that phase. That could be my training. That could be because I've been doing this for a very long time. Yeah. But most people, especially um, you know, if you're very fit and you're still doing the triathlon at 62, most people just cannot accept. That, that they are the age that they are until the hip goes or the knee and then they think, blimey. Um, <laughs> and, and so it's 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 just sort of deciding where you are. Um, so I've got a couple of um, friends at the moment. Um, they've not retired. One's their business hasn't um, succeeded. Um, the other one's just decided after COVID not to work anymore. And uh, but but they're 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 very reticent about looking at using their pension now. And yeah. I said, what on earth was it for then? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I need that for my old age. And you say, mm. and you don't really like to start chucking stats at people about, uh, especially post COVID, about average life expectancy. But at 62, 65, you know, are we looking at 20 to 25 years realistically and it, it's not a nice thought but actually once you've got everything in order and you've you've done your best to plan you can kind of forget about it it's quite quite a nice feeling once I, mean, I mean you know. i mean it's interesting isn't it i think if you've been in a mindset of accumulating wealth over a decent amount of time um and it's so it sounds like a first world problem, and it is. Um, <laughs> spending it is is sometimes difficult as well, right? Yeah, because you're like, really well, actually, is. you know, I, I I've worked hard for that, and I want to I want to make it last. Now, you you mentioned about um, you mentioned about the work you do with older people, and you're doing that for a long time. Tell us a little bit about Sola, the organisation that you run, uh, and the work you do. Okay, so I do quite a lot on the voluntary side of things. So I've been in the Women's Institute for nearly 38 years, which is a long time. I was the youngest then, and I'm still one of the youngest. Um, so it is a, it is an organisation for older people. So um, again, I go out to do talks. I've been doing fundraising talks, and I think I think that really influenced when I became a financial advisor um, in my 20s. I think that really influenced influenced me and I, and I realized that that you got to a certain stage in your life planning and there was nothing else you retired and that was it um this is going back a long time you know sort of 30 odd years and and but now that's different with with life expectancy being that much longer you've still got a lot of planning to do at 60 65 you know you you might actually outlive your money and people do and I don't want to get depressing but you know you, you might outlive your money that doesn't mean to say you shouldn't be you know using your pension wealth and that kind of thing but perhaps thinking about the future anticipating things that might happen 
it might be that you do need to you know move house your house is too big a family home that's something to start thinking about in your 60s and 70s when you can still do it um but again you know i do talk to lots of mostly uh, women that, that are still sitting there at 85 and said i kept this five bed house because i thought my husband and i thought they'd all come and see us and what do they do they come and pick me up and i have to go and see them be yeah, babysitting yeah. or christmas so yeah. you know they've got four or five bedrooms upstairs and they live on the ground floor and so the big space becomes a bit of a burden then right? yeah and you can't heat yeah. it and it's you know full of memories but you think blimey i wished i'd cleared the loft and, and moved out 15 years ago so again it's about having those conversations as an advisor you know with 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 older people to say do you not think now's about the time um and i've just had that that conversation with my parents only yesterday and they're going to do it next summer so that's, okay. that, that's great news so uh how yeah. long have you uh, just i mean it's interesting how long have you been having that conversation with your mum and dad um, for about, we worked it out yesterday with uh, with my sister, probably about 11 years. Yeah. So, you know, it's been a long time. And what's happened is I've had a, an aunt that now needs to go into care in the next week. And it's really brought it home to them that they're only a couple of years behind her. And they live on the Isle of Man. Yeah. Um, it's a heck of a journey for us all. So they've, they've, they've decided we've not had to push or we've just had that nice, gentle conversation saying, you do know it takes me nine and a half hours to get there, don't you? <laughs> and, and it's now 500 quid every time I come. And and, and not making them feel guilty, but just realistically. Yeah, yeah. Um, get Would it be, so are they moving closer then? Is that is that what they're doing? No, they're not, they're not moving that much closer to me. They're going to be in the middle of the country, which kind of suits all of us. Yeah, great. So, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, now that that I mean, it's interesting when I'm doing the research for the new book. Uh, one of the things that um, our clients are telling us about sort of realizing what's important mm. part of it is family, isn't it? You know, it's just like so when you're working and so you've you've got less time on your hands, and you know your children are maybe in their twenties. Yeah. It's like okay, well they've got their life, I've got mine, and then you get a bit older and you realize that you want to reconnect. That's yeah, the do. experience that we're yeah. finding our clients have got. Yeah, even if it's not through grandchildren, it, it could be anything. It could be because of ill health or because because one of one of um, you know one of your parents dies, and that does happen. Yeah. Uh, so those are the sorts of conversations that I, I feel that um, are really useful to have as families or, or with your financial advisor. And that's to sort of scope out what we know does happen to most people going forward. And it shouldn't be a miserable conversation. It should be another exciting chapter in your life. Um, and I, 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 I yeah. think it's an interesting one. I, I love it. Uh, Jane, when I get an email saying, you know, you've been nudging me, Chris, to spend more money, I've mm -hmm. decided to do it now. I love getting that email. Um, but as you said, like, like with your mum and dad, and, uh, and, and similarly to when I have conversations with clients, it does take a, just a, a gentle bit of encouragement over time doesn't it because you don't want people to make you you don't want to make the decision for them you just want to empower them with the with the knowledge that they can if they want 
And then you've got the issue where one wants to move it and one doesn't. And that <laughs> at my stage in life, I can tell you, because I'd be quite happy to to let my family home go, but my husband wouldn't. He loves it here. Like I just think, well, we could live somewhere else around here that uh, collects less dust. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's, that, that's interesting. So so tell me a little bit about Sola then and specifically okay. the work that the organisation you're involved with does. Yeah, so... Um, was financial advisor for many years and I always got this feeling that although people were very you know I got on brilliantly well with my clients whenever I was referred to to new clients there was always this suspicion this underlying feeling of you know how much will this cost and you know that this sort of underlying I I hate to say it lack of trust even though I think I'm the most you know full of integrity and you know that all the right stuff but I thought this is very odd I mean where where is this where do these feelings come from um and of course our lovely press doesn't help does it because uh, only bad news about finances in the press you can come on to scams on that one and um and so it was about 20 years ago I was asked by um Um, a government organization to look at what good looks like um, for financial advisors and we got organizations like which and um, age concern as was then involved and and, and a few practitioners as well financial advisors and said what does a good advisor look like and from that we designed um, an accreditation for advice skills which is not so much what you know, but how you impart that knowledge, how you explain it, how you take the time to explain it. And um, thinking about protecting the client, sometimes against their own family, into doing things that perhaps they don't want to do. Yeah. And from that um, accreditation, Sola was born, um, and my colleague, my joint chair, um, Tish Hannafin, had been very um, active with another organisation called Solicitors for the Elderly, and she said we should have something for financial advisors that's the equivalent, which signposts um, organisations like which and and Age UK and other charities. So that people get better yeah. advice, right? Yeah. Yeah. So they get the right advice at the right time, and they know that the the people that they're speaking to with the accreditation have had some pretty robust due diligence done on them and a one and a half hour interview. So it's not walking the park. <laughs> and, yeah, um, and that, but that I mean, it's uh, I think I think you're right. I think i think i think it's changing and i think um certainly when we see clients um because sort of they typically get referred yeah. we sort of that that sort of trials conversations happen with people that we work with already um and it, it tends to be a uh, be a bit easier yeah. um but it I, th- I don't think we should underestimate how difficult the conversation about money is for a lot of people mm-hmm. um, because people are coming into to, to an advisor and saying, here's my life, Chris, and I'm oh trusting God, you with yeah, it. Yeah, it's a yeah. big step. Yeah. So that was the interview for part one, the interview with Jane. Let's move on to the last part of the show, which is... Mwah. Joke the of the week. Joke of the week. <laughs> so, so the document I was using to source my jokes, I've run out of good jokes from. I've got one. Uh, oh, you got a joke, Russ? Yeah. But I have found more, but you go can on go, then. Russ. Russ was getting involved in joke of the week. Go on, Russ. I could have been a doctor, you know, but I didn't have the patience. <laughs> have you heard about that guy who um, walked into a pub and he's looking really ill and, like, really dishevelled and stuff like that? 
uh, and he goes, uh, go like Barman goes, "Are you getting on, mate? We're not good. I need a drink." <laughs> God, what? No, good. He said, "Not good. I need a drink." And he said, "What do you want?" He went, "I want a pint glass. I want you to put a double whiskey in there, double brandy, double vodka, double gin. I want you to top it up with super strength lager." <laughs> And um, that's what I want. He went, are you, are you sure? He went, yeah, I'm sure. I've had that day. I'm sure. I've had a, like, this has been shockingly bad. So anyway, he does, does his drink. The guy picks up the pint, downs it in one, slams it on the on the uh, thing, goes, oh, I really shouldn't have drunk that with what I've got. And the barman goes, what you got? What you got? The guy just looks at him and goes, 27p. <laughs> so Ross likes it. I've heard it four and, times. And and that, was, that was one of my favourite I know jokes. what was coming. That was one of my favourite jokes. Good, Charlotte. Yeah. I mean, your joke will clearly be better than both our jokes put together. If if airplane mode from last week is anything to go by. Okay, don't get your hopes up too much, okay? Good start. Go on. Ominous. <laughs> Ominous. Why was the colour green notoriously single? It was mixed okay. in the red. Because it was always so jaded. After an um, increase in uh, uh, funniness of joke, we are now back to the normal level. Thank you, Charlotte, and uh, thank you, everybody, for listening to that um, and the rest of the Kindness Project. Have a lovely uh, remainder of the week, wherever you are in the world, and we'll see you on the next episode soon. Bye. Bye.